Michaela. Hello. I'm Justin. I'm Allison. And this is Robots on Typewriters, episode number 137. 137. It's a lot of odd numbers. Is it prime, is it? though? I Ooh, is say it? no. I feel like it's a lot prime. of numbers. I know, it's prime, I was just going to say. I feel like every time we've done that recently, we've been like, no, it can't be. But it's always been prime. There's a lot of num- prime numbers in the 30s, the 130s even. Yeah, you know what? Next odd number, 139, is going to be prime again. Wow. This is the prime time for primes. Yeah, it, it, it do be prime time. <laughs> we hope you're listening to this at prime time. We hope you after dinner, yeah. before watching any, instead of watching any, you know, over the air programming, yeah. uh, you, wa- you listen to this podcast with your family. Yeah, prime time, post watershed. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. But Yeah, that's what we consider prime time because yeah, we like to th- say I mean, fuck. honestly, it's when the good stuff happens. Am I right? Uh, yes. Anyway, <laughs> what is the good stuff that we talk about on this podcast? Um, the good stuff that we talk about on this podcast is computational creativity. We talk about, um, oh, and it's called Robots on Typewriters, in fact, um, and that's because we talk about all of the ways people can use computers and AI and machine learning and procedural generation and stuff like that to uh, make, uh, I almost said games. That's, that is one thing. It's just usually not the first thing I say. Um, or art or write stories or uh. music or game art, probably, or art games. Or gay um, art. Or gay art. A lot of that. that is a, that's a lot or of art what we gaze. do here. Or art gaze, which is what I uh, identify as. I, I probably don't. I'm not an art gay. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I mean, you <laughs> oh, identify how you want. But. Bullshit gay. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, I just yes. got imposter syndrome for you. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> but yeah, and uh, we have two segments on this show, and one of them, it's the first one, is called The Zessy Hat, where uh, we talk about something that we found on the internet that we want to bring to the table, and then we do our trashy toy, which is a game of sometimes our own creation, sometimes our own curation um nice little turn of phrase (laughs) and um i love the phrase turn of phrase because i'm it's not that i've ever misheard it as this but my brain likes to hear turnip phrase and that's just nice little turnip phrase yeah um but yeah this week it is uh my turn it it's actually not my turn (laughs) but um we we will uh quickly understand why i am doing the hat again um and uh that's because of our trashy toy because justin's so fucking lazy (laughs) No, it's March Madness, and that's Justin's job. Um, This magic moment. (laughs) And um, (laughs) never forget, this week I am doing a little hat because um, I always expect uh, March Madness to go very long, but um, it might not be that bad this year. Um, And this, so I'm doing a tiny mini little uh, Twitterbot corner. It's a Twitterbot that's, I believe, gotten pretty pretty popular in the last couple of months. It it joined Twitter in December 2020, and it now has uh, 7,500 followers. and uh, it is called GPT-2 Up a Guy. Have you seen, have you seen this guy? I, I haven't seen this guy. Oh, he's really good. Um, so he's, uh, he's a play on a lot of those uh, Twitter 
bots, I guess, that are um, popular at the moment that are like, um, you know, like make up a guy or like make up a bi I've seen, but maybe that's uh, maybe that's not as popular as it would be in my world. I think it's just um, bigger among the art gays. <laughs> Um, and there, it like, for example, make up a guy is like the original, not maybe it's not the original, but it's like the big one. And it's like, all the tweets are like guy who does this, like guy who would be real interested to learn how much that competitive salary actually is on all those job listings. That's just the first one I saw. And it's just, it's just all kinds of things like that. And so GPT two up a guy is what you might imagine. It is, you know, creating all these kinds of guys, uh, trained off of tweets from that Twitter account, as well as, um, a bunch of other ones that are like make up a villain or, or something like that. Um, it is made by a guy called Malcolm Anderson at underscore. <laughs> so it's it's like George, but with an M. So I, I like <laughs> I like want to pronounce it just Morge. I it, it must might be, be that. Morge. It must be Morge. That's I guess his uh, catchphrase. Um, but <laughs> um, yeah, so um, these are just really fun because they are you know just goofy and written by uh, GPT two. Uh, we can uh, go through a couple of them. Um, guy who was just introduced to the phrase "I'm gay, I'm a goth, and I only do this for the lols." Uh, Karen, who is very proud of their dog. <laughs> I like this one. Guy who said he is a Muppets guy, but I wonder if they're just some stupid. <laughs> I like that. Uh, Bi who is intimidated by the concept of social media. <laughs> Drug dealer who takes drugs because he th- because they think the munchkins are out to get them. I like the ones that are like, <laughs> like not just a guy. Uh, president who is very nervous about getting fired. <laughs> getting fired. <laughs> really good what if they fire me today (laughs) oh man oh man i've been feeling like i'm gonna get fired all week what if today's the day (laughs) guy who just wants a lawn chair guy (laughs) Guy who has has never had a boyfriend (laughs) i was just gonna read that one too oh i love sleep paralysis demon that talks like a six-year-old when i say love i do mean hate oh it's bad Pope, Pope who is, who a, is bush. a bush. That sounds yeah. like some kind of like alternative history or not or or um what's or the alter- real history? What's the opposite of alternative speculative future? Uh, <laughs> That's I was, what I like what's the opposite? Uh <laughs> actual uh, futurism. <laughs> President who refuses to read the tweet. Drug dealer who only sells to children. Oh no. Drug dealer who uses a Furby. As what? Ooh. How? Dog who has incredible hearing, but only hears horrible things. Oh, no. <laughs> what a sad story. Guy who refers to all their pronouns as you dash you. <laughs> okay. Small brown forest critter with a huge mouth that's full of cute little birds. Oh, Ooh, that's <laughs> not as cute as you made it sound. Yeah, I could hear you wanted to like that one more than you liked that one. <laughs> I like the birds, but why has he got to have them in his mouth? <laughs> villain who doesn't know how to draw eyes. That's his, that's the big villain backstory. <laughs> Everyone has their reason for turning to villainry. <laughs> um, but yeah, as I mean, as you can see, it's just a it's a really good follow. Um, it's just you know that that uh, GPT goodness distilled and yet again another uh, 
meme format Twitter bot. That made it sound that that sounded um, derisive. I didn't mean it like that. It's it's great. Yet um, another Twitter bot. <laughs> and yet another meme format. Um, no, it's um, yeah. So it's at GPT two up a guy. Um, I don't know why I have a hard time saying that as a phrase. I like have to stop after the two and then say up a guy. GPT um, Oh, I couldn't even say GPT two there. GPT T. Um, but yeah, and again, it's made by Malcolm Anderson at underscore Morge on Twitter. Um, and uh, yeah. That's that's a tiny little Twitter bot corner so that we can get to the the this magic moment uh, that is um, that is uh, March Madness this week. This magic moment. Y'all ready for this? That's right. This week's trashy toy is March Madness. It's that time of year once again. It might even be April by the time this goes up. I don't know what our <laughs> schedule is anymore. Nah, it'll be the middle of March or something like that. I've boom, been boom, all boom, over boom, the place. Boom, boom. Uh, yeah, no, as we do every March, it's time to honor the tradition of March Madness and make a bracket. Make if you're a not a bracket. Yeah, make, let's make a racket too. Yeah. If you're not a US listener, you might be thinking, what is March Madness? It sounds fun. <laughs> what is March and why is it so mad? Yeah. Why don't we have, you know, April anger or something? <laughs> uh, because March Madness is a college basketball tournament where people fill out a bracket to guess who's going to win the tournament. Um, and. Sometimes they just fill it out randomly or using procedural generation or using uh, typewriters or, <laughs> or monkeys. Uh, yeah, there's all sorts of ways people fill out their brackets. Um, and that actually inspired from one Twitter bot to another. One of my favorite Twitter bots, Bracket Meme Bot. Mm. Bracket Meme Bot makes arbitrary brackets from Wikipedia. It's one of the more creative uses of... Uh, the Wikipedia API that I know of. And it's it's just a, a Twitter bot that tweets every uh, every hour. It goes to Wikipedia articles that are categories or lists or whatever, finds things that fit in the same category, and makes a 16-item uh, bracket of those items from those categories. Now, we have on this podcast once or twice before done bracket meme bot brackets. We've gone mm-hmm. through the bracket and picked winners. Um, but I thought for March Madness, we need to really go ahead and honor the, the OG of brackets, bracket meme bot, and seed our own new tournament of 16 different bracket meme bot bracket (laughs) entries. So I did not curate this in the least in the spirit of, uh, random procedural, uh, goodness. All of these brackets are just the last 16 that came through on bracket meme bot so i took one item from each of the 16 most recent brackets put them in a bracket of their own and created a brand new march madness tournament and now you and i will go through picking this year's march madness winner okay let's get cooking that's from my disney kitchen (laughs) that's your uh march madness catchphrase whenever you're doing a basketball let's get cooking (laughs) all right Let's get cooking. Yeah. Uh, the first bracket, the most recent bracket, bracket meme bot gave us is the 
Uh, so it always phrases it as like a little pithy tweet. So it's, okay, I present you my bracket of <laughs> uncontacted peoples. So the uncontacted peoples we have are the Valo de Javari up against the next bracket, Troms Og Finmark Islands stub. Um, okay. I understand about as well as you do what that means. I think Wait. this is a list of islands off of Finnmark, a province of Norway. Oh, okay. That's what I was. I couldn't remember if you said what what it was. Okay, so do you want to take one and, and look them both up? Uh, I've, I've got all of the, the Wikipedia pages up already. Oh, I'm ready. okay. Okay, so, so I can then, I can yeah. give you the rundown on yeah, all of these. Yeah, give me the rundown. All right, the Valle do Javari. Um, I'm I apologize if you are a member of the Valle do Javari, <laughs> and I'm saying your name wrong, but you're probably not a member because you're an uncontacted peoples. Uh, they're one of the largest. This is one of the largest indigenous territories in oh. Brazil. It's home to uh, over three thousand indigenous peoples of. Vary- with varying sorts of contacts to one another. And this includes about 2,000 uncontacted people belonging oh, to wow. at least 14 tribes. Uh, this is wow. in the northwest of Brazil. There was a, a plane incident in October 2009. A plane Ooh. emergency landed in the middle of the reservation. People from the Matas tribe found nine of the 11 survivors who were flown out and rescued by helicopter. Whoa, that's right. wild. Yeah, an uncontacted tribe, plane crashes in their their territory, yeah. and they, they help them get helicoptered out. That's a really wild story. Um, so it's those, the peoples of the Valley de Javari. So the valley is a valley, it's a place, mm-hmm. um, and the peoples belong to various tribes. Uh, and this is going up against Drayura, Dry, I don't know how to pronounce this letter. It's a letter in the Norwegian and Danish languages. It's the <sighs> O that's crossed out. Oh, um, I've got I wrote no it down idea. as a normal O, but Dairoya Troms. Dairoya is an island in the municipality of Troms og Finnmark County, Norway. The 53-square-kilometer island is located between the large island of Senja and the mainland of Norway. Okay. Um, this looks like it's way up in the north of Norway. It's just a cute little island. Doesn't look like there's any people on it or any bridge to get to yeah. it. It's, uh, looking at it on Google Images, it looks really pretty. Yeah, it looks really pretty. There's a church on it, the largest village Ooh. area. On the yeah, island. you know, there must be people if there's a church, right? Uh, this is located in the village of Holm on the eastern shore of the island of Dryora. The so church, maybe the yeah. island's bigger than this map is letting me see. And it also does sound... Wait, so like the island... It says the island is connected to the mainland by the Dryroy Bridge. Okay. So there is a br- there is a bridge connecting it to the main... That is a while, like... Some really good oh. pictures of the church on Wikipedia. Look at the one artsy shot, like taken through a gravestone's, like, I don't even know, a hole in the gravestone, and you get the view of the church. Ooh, that's a really good picture. It's a cute little church. Yeah, but I, I like the bridge, too. It's the same word. It's like Dairoy Bridge. Okay. It really looks like a bridge to nowhere. It's kind of cool. That is Isolated. a spooky bridge. Yeah. Um, okay, so what's our criteria here? Is this like, 
is it just which one we like better which one is yeah which one yeah. we like better we don't they don't need to fight to the death or anything yeah this one goes um, pretty well it's like an area yeah. of people that don't have any contact with other people around them yeah versus uh a, a little island far yeah. away from people yeah i mean like it seems like it seems to me like the the one in brazil is like full of nice people who will help you if you happen to crash your plane um and I, there's not really any information about who or what lives on the 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 Scandinavian. Or, or what? Or what? I mean, look at the place. Come on, can't just be who's on there. It's got to be some what's. I think you're right. I think there's there's something something lurking here. Yeah, I mean, like it definitely it's it's a little haunted looking. Um, which those are who's. But <laughs> oh, it's really it's pretty close to a very interesting part of uh, the Scandinavian peninsula. And that's like where all three of Finland, Norway and Sweden actually kind Ooh. of have a border way up there. Ooh. So, I mean, you could, you know, drive right through, get some whatever they passport have. Passport some... points. Yeah. Get some passport <laughs> points, get some stamps, <laughs> even though yeah. it's just an open border. You don't need to get yeah. anything stamped. But if you want to for the novelty. They should but I mean, <laughs> as as fun as that is, it, it really doesn't top that like it's, you know, an uncontacted group of people just doing their own yeah. thing and a freaking plane, plane. landed <laughs> there. Yeah. And they're like, all right, we can figure this out. <laughs> all right, we'll call a helicopter. We do have contact <laughs> with the helicopter service. We know one guy. Yeah. And he he happens to be a helicopter pilot. Yeah. Lucky for yeah. you. Yeah. I like him. Yeah. Put him yeah. through. Valet do Javari. Congratulations, you're through. Now how do I now how do I send them through? Oh, start the tournament. This magic moment. Alright, Valet do Javari is through. That means our next bracket is up. That is from the bracket. This is a better anti-androgens bracket than the one I saw this morning, says bracket meme bot. We have, <laughs> representing the anti-androgens, we have steroidal anti-androgen. Okay. And representing a bracket of Creighton Blue Jays men's basketball seasons, we have the 2013-14 Creighton Blue Jays. Okay. Can you tell me, uh, what is a anti-androgen? Uh, an anti-androgen is aka a testosterone blocker. A, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So this... Uh, this bracket entry said trans rights. Yeah, um, of course. Apparently, antiandrogens are used as treatments for prostate cancer, enlarged prostate, scalp hair loss, overly high sex drive, early <laughs> puberty, high andro- uh, high androgen levels, high acne. android levels. Yeah, if you're an android, a puberty blocker, and transgender girls. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. So wait, steroidal so antiandrogen. That's... You're you're looking strong. But so the and so what is this other thing? Because <laughs> it sounds very different, and I don't understand what it is at all. What the twenty thirteen fourteen? Yeah, Creighton Blue Jays. Yeah, uh, that is a basketball, a college basketball team that played in the twenty thirteen fourteen season. I thought this whole time. I don't even know why I thought this, but I thought <laughs> each pair was from the same kind of thing, and that's no, why no, it like, no, made honey. sense. <laughs> 
the previous bracket was yeah, about the first uh, one made sense to me. I thought it was some like like distant places thing. I I understand no, now. It was just by pure luck that we had two distant places. <laughs> okay, okay. No, the 2013-14 Creighton Blue Jays were a men's basketball team. <laughs> Uh, they received an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament. They were in March Madness. Oh, They defeated wow. Louisiana Lafayette in the first round before losing in the second round to Baylor. Okay, okay. Um, I feel like this one's kind of uh, 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 open and shut here. Um, I, I mean, unless you've got something for the Creighton Blue Jays. I'm, I'm reading up real quick to see <laughs> okay. if there's anything decent. They had two different team captains, Doug McDermott, who uh, now is a NBA player. If you can find um, a single reference to a queer person in this Wikipedia article, it might have a leg up. But uh, it's a it's a Division One men's college basketball team. There is none. Absolutely <laughs> not. Okay. Uh, the, the captain of the team is known as Dougie McBuckets. Does that do uh, anything for you? It's it's kind of good, but not good enough. His dad was the coach. Dougie McBuckets. <laughs> it's it's kind of good, isn't it? It's really kind of good. <laughs> Dougie McBuckets is college basketball team. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a quick Google search on him. Let me see if I. Can... You're just making sure I'm not making that up. No, I'm, I want to see if I can. Uh, I want to I want to uh, um, check him out as a person. Dougie McBuckets. <laughs> wow, he pops right up there, sir. Doesn't he? Oh, excuse me. <laughs> that fell right out there, sir. He's kind of not shaped like a professional athlete. <laughs> He's from Ames, Iowa, which is where a friend of mine went to college. That doesn't really, I mean, uh, I mean, that's just a, a fact. Um, where is Creighton University? Do you have any idea? Know. Nope. Let's find that out. Okay. All of our Creighton University listeners are losing we're their really, minds. We're really, it's in Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> We're really huh. trying to. I mean, I, I mean, Dougie McBuckets is good, but I don't know if it's gonna outdo um, HRT. Yeah, look, steroidal <laughs> antiandrogens are are, and they seem to be really uh, broadly used. There's a lot of different uses. Yeah, they, yeah. they're used for everything from uh, HRT for transgendered women to uh, treating acne to treating prostate cancer. What can't yeah. they do? What can't they do? I, I don't think Dougie McBuckets can do that. If you if if a young person in your life uh, realizes that they're transgender and that they don't want to go through puberty, do not give them Dougie McBuckets. <laughs> give them steroidal antiandrogens. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's settled. All right. Uh, steroidal antiandrogens are through. Oh, I'm so glad I figured out what that they're not. These pairs aren't the, supposed to be from the same bracket. Holy shit. Our next bracket is Squares in Oslo, which is being represented by Wessels Plus. Okay. And the following bracket is Deaths from Cancer in Michigan, being oh. represented by Edsel Ford. Okay. Interesting. That sounds like there's got to be a lot of people on that. Like, how is that even a list? Right? Like, there must be, it It must be just so many. Like, is this, like, if I Google Edsel Ford, am I gonna, oh, I guess he was an American businessman. Yeah, you'll you'll get him. Like, he's he exists. He was the son of Henry Ford. All right. One, one thing at a time, though. Let's start with Wessels Plus. Okay. What, Wessels what Plus, this? a.k.a. Wessels Square, is a square in Oslo located oh. south of the Parliament in Parliament of Norway building. 
it was originally on the site of a small knoll with with a house surrounded a by knoll? a garden. It, sounds yeah, like a grassy, grassy knoll to me. Just outside of the parliament building? Hmm. They've tried to they've tried to concrete it up, but there's still grass there. They're not fooling us. Norway really well represented in this bracket to, <laughs> yeah. in the first three brackets to have two entries. <laughs> yeah. Um Wessels Plus now has a light rail station on the Briskaby oh. line of the Oslo tramway. Oh. Honestly, it's you can uh, to the west head to National Theatret, or to the east head to Dronigan's Gate. So I'm I'm looking at it, and it's cute. It is really it's it's really kind of like little squares of grass with with a it's a it's very concrete. It's very stone, um, but the buildings around it are pretty. Um, yeah, it's like yeah, your kind of city square kind of yeah. thing between between buildings. And I like that there's a um there's a little tram going through it. Yeah, I I stand uh, good public transit. Yeah. Um, now on Edsel the other Ford. side of public transit, <laughs> yeah. Now private transit. Yeah. Edsel Ford, son of pioneering industrialist Henry Ford, uh, he worked closely with his father as a sole heir to the business. Was keen to develop cars more exciting than the Model T, in line <laughs> with his personal tastes. How do you get more exciting than the Model T? He developed the more fashionable Model A. You can see his special Model A in his Wikipedia page. It's it's fashionable. I can't it's doubt that. Fashionable for sure. I'm trying to see if there's anything else here. As president of the Ford Corporation, Edsel Ford often disagreed with his father on major decisions and was occasionally humiliated in public by the older oh. man. Oh, God. The relationship between father and son was always close, but always fraught with unhealthy aspects. That sounds awful for Edsel. Edsel yeah, right? Having your Jesus old dad Christ. that you succeeded in this company still publicly humiliating you, you as a grown-ass adult. Awful. Um, he founded and named the Mercury Division. He was responsible for the Lincoln Zephyr and the, Con and the Lincoln Continental. He significantly strengthened Ford Motors' overseas productions, and he introduced hydraulic brakes. He was a major art benefactor in Detroit and also financed Admiral Byrd's polar explorations. Wow. He developed metastatic stomach cancer and undulant fever. Oh, That's God. a disease we do not have anymore. <laughs> no way. <laughs> wow. Um, okay. I'm trying to figure out how these compare here. Like, what, what, how to judge one against the other. Because... Um, Wessels Plus is nice, but I'm not like totally sold on it, and I do kind of feel bad for Edsel Ford. <laughs> yeah, I feel like if Wessels Wessels Plus was like more of like a green square, yeah, I'd feel yeah. it more. Yeah, but it, it feels kind of soulless. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, and like not to say I'm sure Edsel Ford had his own problems, but he also sounds like he had a pretty shitty relationship with his dad and died early of cancer. So yeah, I don't know, he might he, get my pity vote here. Yeah. I mean, sure, he was probably one of the, like the richest men that lived yeah. during his time, but also, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Let I'll give know. it to him. He financed yeah. Admiral Byrd's exploration yeah. of Antarctica. That's cool. Edsel Ford, your dad can't take this one away from you. <laughs> okay. Next up, we have representing blog hosting services, Vivaldi.net. Okay. And representing... uh. Shaif is it's Ahmad Al Raifi. Okay. 
Uh, let's look first at Vivaldi.net. Are you familiar with this blogging service? Are you? I'm, I've, I think I've heard of it, but I don't. I like would have said I've thought I've heard of it, but looking at it, it looks like fake as hell. <laughs> I mean, I guess not. I don't know. It looks real enough. It just looks kind of looks like shit. Oh, I, I know like the browser opera. Oh, is that, are they related? I used to Vivaldi use that. Vivaldi was like also a web browser. Reason. And then Vivaldi.net, like Vivaldi and Opera became the same web browser. And Vivaldi.net mm. was like the the blog hosting service attached to them. Okay. It looks bad. Okay. It looks really yeah, bad. It's not great looking. So who's this other guy? Good question. <laughs> uh, Ahmad Al-Rifai was he lived from 1118 to 11 uh what see <laughs> 11 1118 oh sorry he's 1118 to 2022 <laughs> uh, no 1118 to 1181 so i was like mm. what was oh. he a child <laughs> no i just can't read he was the founder of the rifa sufi order a okay. Uh, a mystic order in uh, what is present day Iraq. He, let's see, he has a big long biography and it's not broken down into sections. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, he, he founded a mystical order. He used to behave very mercifully to orphans, cry oh. for poor people, grow merry with their joy, behave with them with modesty, see himself like one of them and say in meetings that, quote, if a whole craft owner is a count and every craft owner passes in groups, I prefer to become a poor. What? I prefer <laughs> to become a poor in the groups of poor. Okay. I mean, it must have meant something to someone. <laughs> so he used that's, to turn yeah. shoes of blinds. What does that mean? Oh. I don't know. He used to do his service by himself, repair his shoes, carry the firewood prepared for him by the people who were prepared for him to the house of people who are sick, orphans, fallen, and without friends or relations. He seems like he was a good guy. He helped poor okay. people. Okay. Okay. Man, yeah, that is quite a um, Wikipedia article. I feel like one big fan wrote this. Yeah, one big... Big Ahmad Al-Rifai fan. Yeah. Um, he sounds like a... Yeah, uh, Vivaldi.net is certainly not doing anything for me, and at least this guy seems to have been a, um, a public uh, servant in some capacity. I'm feeling like there must be something good in here, but it's so dense that I can't yeah. read it. He, yeah, he's he's a good guy. He turned shoe. He, I think he made shoes as like his business. So what it was saying was like for maybe for blind people, he would make their shoes for free or something. Okay, I don't know. That's nice. Look, <laughs> Look he helped a lot of people. Yeah, okay? he helps people. I'm I'm into it. I I, I don't have anything for Vivaldi.net. So yeah, Vivaldi.net sucks does not help people no this guy probably helped people as <laughs> yeah. far as we can tell from probably this. helped someone he at least one of his fans today thinks he did yeah so. uh, ahmad al rifai you're through next up from the bracket of directors who won the best film on family welfare national film award <laughs> we have <laughs> amir khan <laughs> okay and from Disabilities Studies Academics, it's 
Michael Baruby. So I, I, this is, I'm gonna be real biased here. Wait, hold on. I messed up the bracket. I, I put say. two out of order. It's actually from Eaton's. It's John <laughs> Craig Eaton the second. Okay, I am honestly glad to hear that John Craig Eaton the second is not a, a disability research um, researcher. Yeah, because it's <laughs> someone that can be cannon fodder to Amir Khan. Yeah. I'm I'm hoping this is the same Amir Khan. It is. That it is. Oh, thank God. Yeah, Amir Khan is a, a prolific Bollywood actor and director, I suppose, who I I love. Um, uh, and so the, you're gonna, yeah, John Craig Eaton the second's gonna have to have done something real special to beat him in my book. He was a Canadian philanthropist, a former businessman, a member of the Canadian oh. Eaton family. The Eatons. Okay. Apparently it was just like a rich family and like yeah. his job was just philanthropist. Fuck that. Yeah. No, fuck that. Amir Khan was in some of my favorite Bollywood movies, so is what it is. What what uh what do you like American in? What's um one of my favorites is a movie called PK from 2014. He plays a funny little alien man who came to space and he does a funny little dance. That makes it sound really dumb, but it's actually incredible and heartwarming. This is and like I e. highly recommend but Bollywood it. or <laughs> no, it's not <laughs> a little bit. It's really good. Amir Khan is also... PK, a humanoid alien. Ah, he's so cute in it. And it's, uh, yeah, no, it's really good. I also love, um, honestly, I don't, I don't love a lot of his other movies. <laughs> I guess, um, uh, uh, what's that old one? Ghulam is the, um, Bollywood version of On the Waterfront. Is this true? Ever Give me a said? description. I've never seen it because I tried to watch it once and I didn't like uh, it, but I like the one song. Oh, yeah. Ghulam is on the waterfront. Yeah. It's, <laughs> um, it's really old. It's not even that old. It's from 1998. But when you watch it, it like feels like it was made in the 70s. Um, but it's got one good fun song. Eh? All right. All well, lucky for Amir Khan. He's your favorite person on this bracket. <laughs> yeah. John Craig Eaton Absolutely seems pretty useless. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, Amir Khan, you're through. Next up, this is going to be a tough battle. Okay. This is disability studies academics. We have Michael Baruby, but from Fall River Indians players. So this was apparently a minor league baseball team. We have Nap Lajaway. He's one of the greatest okay. baseball players ever to play the game. Oh, Wow. Um, and I don't think many of the other, I'm trying to figure out who the Fall River Indians were. Um, I don't think they were, they were a Class B New England team where okay. he played in the 1890s. So oh my it God. couldn't have been less of a baseball team, apparently. Wait. So he's yeah. from the 1890s, yet he's one of the best baseball players ever? Oh, yeah. That's wild. He was born me. in 1874, Nap Lajaway. Like, how do they um, even know how good he was at baseball? Like, he probably wasn't that good, right? Look, uh, like, modern day, <laughs> he'd probably suck. He was probably, like, a little malnourished man that, like, could not even begin to play in the modern game. Modern baseball okay. players are, like, six foot five and made of, like, pure yeah. muscle. Uh, no, so here's from, from early life. Uh, apparently, he was just a, a teamster and a laborer, just kind of, okay. like, doing, you know... I, I think everyone was a teamster and a laborer <laughs> sure. back then. Yeah. Just old-timey kind of 
professions. Things um, to be. He was playing baseball just for fun on the side, I guess, in Rhode Island and Vermont. Um, but word of his baseball ability spread. He began wow. to play for other semi-professional teams at $2 to $5 per game. Wow. 60 to 150 in current dollars. Oh, shit. Um, he left Woonsocket, Rhode Island, and his seven fifty a week paycheck uh, working as a taxi driver and joined the Class B New England Fall River Indians in 1896. He played center field, first base, and catcher, earning $25 a week. Um, he hit really well. He eventually was widely regarded as an outstanding prospect and soon exchanged for $500, $15,000 in today's terms, uh, to be sent to the Pittsburgh Pirates. He was also scouted by the Philadelphia Phillies and the Boston oh, Bean Eaters. It re- Bean Eaters. It really does scare me that baseball was played before the year 1900. Like, I, right? I, I just like don't like In like 1896, the Philadelphia Phillies no, who, like, mm, are still I, just a thing. I'm yeah. really not comfortable with that. Playing against the Boston Bean Eaters. <laughs> Boston Bean Eaters. <laughs> Uh, but Matt Blagueway's legend is like he was so good. His his main team he was on after he he played for the Phillies briefly, then for the Philadelphia Athletics. Um, but then in 1902, he was uh, I'm trying to find what circumstances he joined the Cleveland Broncos. I'm sure his he was purchased. There weren't really trades back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he left Philadelphia for Cleveland. And he was the most famous baseball player in the world at the time, to the point that the Cleveland Broncos renamed themselves the Cleveland Naps because what? like nothing was a bigger draw than Nap Lajaway. So they wow. just made him like the whole team. He was the captain. The, he was the, the coach. Mascot. Uh, the, yeah, the mascot. Uh, in the 1904 like, yeah. season, he received a suspension after he spat tobacco juice in an umpire's eye. <laughs> Just, oh, no. That just caught my eye. <laughs> Bad guy. Don't like that. Oh, wow. In- interesting. Interesting character. Um, what did this other guy do? <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. Uh, Michael Berube. Uh, he is the he Edwin is that, Earl Sparks um, he, Professor of, of Literature uh, at Penn State. Sinatra covers. Yeah, Michael Belube. 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 I couldn't even say it. <laughs> It just didn't sound right. <laughs> um, let's see. He's a professor of literature. He is the author of several books on cultural studies, disability rights, liberal and conservative politics, and okay. debate in higher education. He's the director of the Institute of Arts and Humanities at Penn State. Um, he's an emeritus faculty, so he's retired now. Let's see. Faculty websites always have a nice little blurb of like, here's what I do. He's the author of 10 books to date. Look, to date, he thinks he's going to have even more. (laughs) Uh, Including Public Access, Literary Theory, and American Cultural Politics, Life as We Know It, A Father, a Family, and an Exceptional Child, and What's Liberal About the Liberal Arts, Classroom (laughs) Politics, and Bias in Higher Education. Okay. Okay. Interesting. I don't know where he stands on this. Yeah, I can't get get a read on this guy. I, I want to know more about the liberal arts book. Yeah, yeah. I also um, did just ask, I don't know if I'm going to get a response uh, quick enough, but I did ask my roommate who does work in disability services if she's ever heard of this guy, if she has a, any thoughts on one? him at all. Yeah. 
what's liberal about the liberal arts, classroom politics, and bias in higher education. Not much. Uh, all right, let's read an Amazon review. Okay. The first 80 or so <laughs> pages are well worth reading. The okay. author takes on many of the specific claims about the, quote, liberal bias in education and refutes a few of them in an attempt to paint college. And it refutes a few of the attempts to paint college as a dangerous place for students to come out as conservative. Okay. The author then moves on to a discussion of some of the books uh, of some of the books he teaches, but the literary criticism is only tangentially related to the topic of classroom politics or bias. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, apparently he does. Oh, hold on. The material oh. on postmodernism is interesting and has a political element, but would be better placed in a primer on porno. What? 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 Oh, sorry, bad eyes. Uh, no. Hold on. Disability. That says POMO. I didn't no. know people say postmodernism as POMO. I thought it said Fuck. POMO. I can't believe uh, that. Sorry that to take was that away from you. Incredible twist. <laughs> um. Okay. Well. Um. Yeah. I, my roommate has not heard of him, but the uh, reviews for this book are not that great. <laughs> it's people yeah. saying like there's a pretty trite refutation of. <laughs> okay. You know, you can't be conservative at college. Yeah. Um. That being said, I think Nep. Lajouet is obviously far more interesting, despite having spit tobacco juice I'll give in you, a guy's eye. I'll give you one more chance at Michael Berube. Okay. His second most recent book was called The Secret Life of <laughs> Stories from Don Quixote to Harry oh. Potter, How oh. Understanding Intellectual Disability Transforms the Way We Read. Oh. Sounds I kind mean, of interesting. Sounds kind of cool. Yeah. Want to hit me with an Amazon review on that one? Yeah, let me see if uh, let me see if anyone's bought this book. <laughs> I feel like people might have given up on the old Barubster. Barubster. This has six reviews, all okay. five stars. Oh. Uh, except for the first one, the top. Oh, give review. me that one. <laughs> Four stars. Mind expanding storytelling from a new angle. <laughs> Just four stars. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, says one of the rewards of committing to read or review two or three nonfiction books a week is that it forces me to expand my range there is a continued flow of books this person's just bragging that they read a lot good uh this is a totally engaging book that demonstrates the very real power of the disabled both physically and intellectually both as characters in fiction and in their appreciation and interpretation of fiction it's an approach that has its own universe of scholarship this particular book is an intriguing eye-opener and introduction to its massive scope so why did you give it a four-star <laughs> review instead of five? It's not perfect. The, the whole review seems really positive, and the person just gave it a four. Oh, never mind. It goes really long. Uh, <laughs> yeah, look. He, he looks like he has a lot of good things to say about this book. Okay. All right. So. Who you got? Nap Lajouet or Michael <laughs> yeah, Which French? Just which French ancestry person do you have? <laughs> I feel like Nap Lajoie just has more staying power in general. Yeah, look, he's he's one of the most famous baseball players ever, one of the best ever. Probably the, yeah. I think the only one that they ever named Probably a whole team the after. the best ever. Also, so uh, Nap Lajoie played for the Fall River Indians. This is, this is relevant. Okay. So the team he played for for most of his career, the Cleveland Naps, uh, later went on to be called the Cleveland Spiders and then the Cleveland Spiders. Indians. But now it's 2021. Oh. People are finally facing facts that you can't call a team the Indians anymore. That's really insensitive, um, especially with their caricature of a Native American as their mascot <laughs> and logo. So 
right now, the Cleveland baseball team is trying to come up with what their new name should be, and there's a groundswell of support for the name to be restored to the Cleveland Naps. Really? There's a few fans who are probably similarly minded to me that are like, how funny would that be if we called our team the Naps? Yeah. Oh, wait, you were just telling me about this like a couple weeks ago. I was indeed, yeah. That's very wild that he popped up here. Yeah. Oh, oh, I didn't even see this. There's a famous 1949 poem called Line Up for Yesteryear, where every letter of the alphabet got a four-line poem about a baseball player. And the letter L, L is for Lajeway, whom wow. Clevelanders love, Napoleon himself with glue in his glove. <laughs> what? Uh, oh my God, is his, is his full name really- Napoleon? Yeah, Napoleon Lajeway. Holy nah. shit. Does that even does that make him even better for you? Or? Yeah, I like it. All right, Napoleon Lajeway, you are through. Uh, Michael Berube, maybe someone will read your books based on <laughs> what they heard on this podcast. <laughs> maybe. Next up, it is Melba Moore Albums, and okay. we have the eponymous Melba as our representative. Yeah. Up against a bracket of legal concepts. And we have the legal concept of the treasure trove. Okay. Now, I have never, I'm looking at Melba Moore. I've never heard of her as far as I know. Have you? I, I want to say I have. I think this is a singer that my grandma liked. Was there another Melba singer? (laughs) I don't know. She seems too modern for my grandma to have liked her. There must have been an older Melba. (laughs) I want to, let's, okay, I'm going to, You Stepped Into My Life is one of the songs off of here that seems to be been written with the Bee Gees, um, or at least some of them. I don't really know how many there were. It's an eight minute song. That is just too much. Jesus. Uh, I think the singer my grandma liked was opera singer Nellie Melba. Ah. Oh, I think this is going to be like, there's like a three minute disco intro. Uh, Well, that just makes sense with the era and with the Bee Gees. (laughs) I like her voice. This is, I mean, I can, I, I don't, I'm not very disco um, literate, but I can, I'm incredibly enamored by it. Like I, a disco beat can get me in a, in a heartbeat. I'm, I'm, I'm a oh, fan. Oh, I know this song. It's like, it sounds familiar enough, but it also sounds like every disco song yeah. I've ever heard. Yeah, I feel that. My mom's kind of into 70s disco stuff. That makes sense. It was, you know, the right time. <laughs> you know good like it yeah. fine yeah. No, well i don't know how good that that self-titled album was sure. and also she had two different albums that were just called melba one in 76 oh. <laughs> and another in 78 okay that's Come i was on. looking at the 78 one. Ooh, i like the album art on the 78 one i know it's fun um Let's see what the 76 one looked like eh, boring just a picture of her mm. tell do you know what the treasure trove is because I don't the treasure listen. trove is a concept that dates back to Roman law, oh. uh, but also exists in English common law. The idea is uh, <laughs> under the common law, treasure trove was defined as the gold or silver as gold or silver in any form, whether coin, plate, gold or silver, so gold or silver vessels or utensils or bullion, lumps of gold or silver, which had been hidden and rediscovered, which no person could prove that he or she owned. Mm. If the person who had hidden the treasure was known or discovered later, it belongs to him or her, or persons claiming through them such as descendants. To be treasure trove, an object uh, an object has to be substantially, that is more than 50% gold or silver. Mm. And the idea is that uh, 
If it's on your property, it is mm-hmm. your treasure trove. If you find it and it is on no one's property, it is your treasure trove. Mm-hmm. If you can claim that you put it there or your ancestor put it there, it is your treasure trove. Uh, yeah. Honestly, as as with drugs, possession is nine-tenths of the law. Honestly, kind of messy and fun. Like, oh, <laughs> English common law is full of this sort of bullshit. Yeah, I it's it's kind of fun. I kind of like it. Um, I'm sure it's caused many a, a hubbub in the in the years over the years. Yeah, I'm trying to look through some of this. So it says it was the duty of the finder and indeed anyone who had acquired knowledge of the matter <laughs> to report the finding to the potential of a potential treasure trove to the coroner of a district. Oh, why? Concealing a find was a <laughs> misdemeanor punishable with fine do? and imprisonment. The coroner then was required to hold an inquest with a jury to determine who were the finders or the person suspected to be the finders and that basically to find if anyone else might be the claimant to that treasure trove. I feel so like after a coroner's jury's inquest, then the trove was awarded to the right owner. I feel like coroners just want to pronounce people dead, but for some reason have a bunch of other shitty little responsibilities that they don't know shit about. Like, Yeah, they have a real cor- passion for pronouncing <laughs> bodies dead. <laughs> like the coroner does not want to have to deal with the treasure trove, uh, uh, you know, with treasure trove drama. He just wants to go touch some dead bodies and make sure they're dead. <laughs> yeah. Apparently in the U.S. it's a similar process uh, as English common law that like a judge would decide who owns something based Mm -hmm. on that sort of thing. But a bunch of states then have their own kind of individual laws about like finders keepers or Uh like who owns what. I'm actually kind of torn on this one because I think they're both kind of fun. Like Melba, probably a fun album. Treasure Trove, kind of fun. So I, I, I have, have the tipping point for okay. you, actually. I, I knew this from when I opened this Wikipedia article. Okay. Uh, the top first alphabetical C also from Treasure Trove is geocaching. <gasps> okay. That like the idea of searching for a treasure trove yeah. is basically searching at uh, geocaching is looking for a treasure yeah. trove. If you find a, a box hidden with um, the business card of a trivia host from Summers Point, New Jersey, it's legally yours. Yeah. And if you find it uh, out of state, especially, yeah. all the more power to you. Truly. <laughs> but um, I, as much as Melba, you know, yeah. probably probably a good artist in her time. I'm guessing that album. Oh, that album was the one with You Stepped Into My Life in it. So Yeah. Pretty big um, song, but yeah. But honestly, I'll I'll give it to Treasure Trove. Sounds yeah, I like it. Yeah, there's fun, there's mystery, there's messiness. Yeah, yeah. there's a coroner, coroner involved. Have to do this. Yeah. Sorry, I told you this was not going to be a very long. I know uh, we're running long. We this is what we always go really long on the like the. Well, we are now that we the know them all. Time, yeah. The second rounds can be a lot quicker. Yeah. But the last two are from a bracket about death customs. It's Ooh. sky burial. <laughs> I'm very intrigued. And from an article about Chaminade College Preparatory School, California alumni, it's Chris Turner. Okay. Um, Are you I familiar don't... with Sky Burial? You ever heard about Sky Burial? Um, no, and I can't wait to find out, and I can't imagine Chris Turner is going to have anything on it. Uh, sky Burial is metal as hell. Mm. I have heard of this. Um, 
someone in our office said she uh, oh visited a place God. where this is a custom and is has has kind of seen it uh oh not in God. practice but like you yeah. know seen that the area used for it it is a funeral practice in which a human corpse is placed on a mountaintop to decompose while exposed to the elements and eaten by scavenging animals, especially oh. carrion birds, so vultures. Yeah. Um, it's a specific type of the general practice of excarnation practiced in Tibet and Chinese provinces and autonomous regions of Qinghai, Sichuan, and inter- Inner Mongolia, as well as in Mongolia, in Bhutan, parts of India, such as Sikkim and Zanskar. Um, the locations of Preparations are understood to be in the Buddhist traditions as charnel grounds. So I guess it's like uh, an above ground site that is uh, meant for a body to decompose. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, this is metal as hell. This is incredible. This is, I, yeah, this is very much. The the term burial is uh, really loosely being applied here because it's just, you know, Put my body on the hill and let the condors yeah. eat it. Yeah, I like it. I, you know, I gotta say, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want it to. I feel like I wouldn't want it for myself, but I don't really want know it for why your that immediate is. family. Or- <laughs> it like I like can't come up with a good reason why I don't want it. It feels like Mario not wanting his eyes to be uh, given to someone else. Uh, but I would fine with so much rather donor. it for myself than for anyone I know. Than I would for be anyone extremely else. uncomfortable being involved with it. But I would. That's fair. I think yeah. it would be a cool way to just like get rid Disappear. of me and not leave too much of a trace <laughs> of a paper trail. Yeah, don't get the coroner involved for God's <laughs> yeah. sake. He already has get enough the to do. Get involved. And uh, what was what was his other thing? Chris Turner is an American football quarterback, Mm-mm. played for the University Mm-mm. of Maryland. Mm-mm. Uh do you want to I I said it already myself. I know this how this place is pronounced because of sports, but did you see his high school? Oh, look. I, I mean, I'm, is it is it Shamanad? <laughs> it it do be Shamanad. Really? It's a, just a very fun high school yeah. name, isn't it? I like it. Shamanad. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, nah, but absolutely, this guy's got nothing on Sky Burial. Yeah. Ah, he's uh, out. Apparently, he was a public... Uh, coroner? He, he publicly... He was a public coroner. No, he was publicly a supporter of uh, John McCain up against oh. Barack Obama in the 2008 uh, presidential right. election. Yeah, no, he's out. <laughs> yeah, he's he's getting a Sky Burial. Yeah, because Sky Burial the vultures. Is, I mean, that, that's wins. probably strong, but... Yeah, you know what? Vultures take him away. Vultures um, take them. <laughs> I was gonna say meal, but it sounded it was very macabre. Vultures take the meal. Wow. <laughs> all right. Like it. Now that we've been through okay. all of these, we can do the final uh final yeah, two rounds here going. pretty quick. Let's get cooking, as they say, as Mickey Mouse says. <laughs> Valet do Javari, the uncontacted people <laughs> who helped plane crash survivors up against steroidal anti-androgen. The testosterone puberty blocker. Um, I, I, so <laughs> this is the, I, this is a thing where I'm. My immediate thought is that um, the the steroidal antiandrogen is got way more going for it than this like 
Um, yeah. Uh, you know, it's just got a way bigger societal impact than this. Also, like, look, these people are uncontacted. They probably yeah. don't want to be bothered. They don't yeah. want us to yeah. ring them up and say, like, hey, you yeah. won March Madness. that's what they we want have to, to do. Yeah, alone. we're legally obligated to contact whoever or whatever wins. So, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> we're legally obligated to get a coroner to contact whoever wins. <laughs> yeah. That's another weird little thing of their uh, quirk of their job. All right. Steroidal antiandrogens. Uh, this bracket says trans rights they yep. beat valet dojavari <laughs> um next matchup is interesting because i feel like these these two people are kind of they, they they're they're, they're basically little, the same guy because <laughs> they're there's something comparable like they're, they're like historical figures so we've got uh edsel ford against ahmad al rifai um sad little edsel ford sad sad little edsel ford and this guy um, who made shoes? Look, I think I, I'm still so unclear on what Ahmad Al Rifai's yeah. like deal was. I feel like he has one really big fan today. Probably <laughs> yeah. someone did like their dissertation on this yeah. guy's life and was excited to write about it. But I don't know if I can trust the source. It's just I, like, yeah, no, it's probably got a big, um, big bias. Um, you know, Edsel Ford. On the other hand, hand, this bias is probably in the other direction. His yeah. dad probably fought to make sure this Wikipedia page be like, you know, yeah. Edsel was a big dumb nerd. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, Edsel Ford did kind of play my heartstrings, so I, you know, I, I will. I'm, I'm glad to descend him on through. Uh, sad little Edsel Ford sad moves on to the semifinals. Little Edsel. Forward. <sighs> next up this one's gonna Ooh, be tough. this is gonna be tough we are gonna be split on this one easily the two most famous people in this bracket uh melba fans sorry i guess it was her <laughs> album so it wasn't even yeah. her uh the two most famous people in this bracket amir khan and nap lajaway <sighs> um yeah one of them entertained uh a nation of millions in various uh various pursuits over several years and is still a household name among indians today and the other is amir khan <laughs> uh-huh uh i just thought that would be fun <laughs> that was that was good um i'm i'm doing a i, I want to do a quick because i feel like i don't have a great grasp on like what amir khan's about i mean like i know now his work, could you tell me on he? i saw the poster for pk uh-huh. Is that Amir Khan on the poster? Yes, yeah. Is he actually like jacked like that? <laughs> Hold on. I mean like, he's, like no. In his mid 50s. Yeah, no. And yeah, that was only made a couple years ago. Yeah. Um he doesn't look that jacked. He Are doesn't you... like just looking at his face. Like he doesn't have the face of a guy who would be jacked. <laughs> he yeah, no. He's honestly like I don't find it. he's like uh he's been a oh 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 you know what the, though I'm the, seeing other pictures of him it looks yeah. like he was jacked in his younger days he probably was pretty jacked in his younger days I bet that I because I'm seeing the the poster that's like him naked and I I he probably is he's probably fit but he that I mean I'm sure that's pretty doctored. you know what there's a screenshot from the movie he kind of 
do be having a six pack. I mean, yeah, I feel like that is a thing that you have to have as a as a Bollywood actor because he also he's done a couple like action films too, like a couple like action franchises. So I the feel way like you describe PK made me think he was like Indian Mr. Bean. So I'm guessing- I mean, that's what he that's what PK is, no doubt. That's like entirely the vibe of PK. He's he's like, very the versatile. Face he's making is very Mr. Bean. The whole the physiology, the like the physicality. Physiology. <laughs> <laughs> they get into like how his body functions and it's just Mr. Bean. No, the physicality of it is incredibly bean. Um The Bean. The my bean. mother was incredibly oh. bean. Oh, we gotta check in with that guy sometime soon. Um we Yeah. Should. No, I um honestly I think Amir Khan is is an incredible talent. I think he um, he doesn't rely on just being a heartthrob. I think he has incredible on physical just comedy. Bean, I thought you were gonna say <laughs> just bean. <laughs> he doesn't rely on just bean. Um, yeah, I think he's very. I gotta give credit to a guy who does like you know Mr. Bean style movies, but also in other shots here is like Jack to all hell, yeah. Uh, yeah. looking like The Rock and yeah. being like about the age of The Rock. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Amir Khan, you've swayed me. <gasps> oh my god, hell yeah. Amir Khan beats Nap Lajaway. Maybe an upset. I you know, I'm not upset, so <laughs> Treasure Trove versus Sky Burial. Ooh, now. now this is also kind of this is just like two like funky little concepts up against each other. I want to run something by you. Okay. Could a sky burial turn into a treasure trove? Oh, what's treasure to you, my man? What if, like, before you died, uh-huh. you swallowed a bunch of gold rings? Yeah. Vultures pick you apart. Uh, and they leave the rings? Hyena, what does a vulture want a ring for? I just think they might carry them away. Like, I don't think they're going to eat it. I think I All right, just, well, like, can't yeah, imagine. Look, they carry it away. It. They make a nest with it. They leave the nest, but the rings kind of stay behind. Nest decays. Bunch of rings on the ground. Okay. Treasure trove. Tre- boom. Treasure trove. <laughs> Um. Okay. Yeah. So, which so would are you s- rather be involved in a treasure uh, trove or a oh, sky burial? Definitely treasure trove. <laughs> which would you um, rather be involved in as a coroner? Um, <laughs> having to hold an inquest for who owns a treasure trove, or having to uh, honor as someone's coroner, will who requested a sky burial. I mean, I feel like as a coroner, a sky burial is actually going to be something interesting in your day, and not like petty bureaucracy of the treasure trove. Um, it's like the highlight of your career, wouldn't yeah. it? If you were the courier, yeah, courier? The, courier. <laughs> the one who must deliver the body to the mountain. <laughs> exactly. But, um, yeah, there's the coroner, the coroner's courier. Yeah. Uh, the coroner's career. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you're right, Sonny. Call in the coroner um, to tell him that. I think... Call up the courier. <laughs> Call up the courier. Um, I honestly, I think Treasure Trove is is a little bit um, little bit over the line for me. That sounded like, uh, like I meant it wasn't good, but I just... A little bit o- over the line is too much. <laughs> yeah. No, I, it, it tips over the line. Yeah, I think it's hard to beat a sky burial, but something about it is just, like, uncomfortable, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, you know, we're from a tradition where you hide your dead bodies deep (laughs) under under the the ground. ground. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, uh, treasure trove. (laughs) 
you know, maybe maybe we are the one. We're from a tradition where your body should be a treasure trove rather than <laughs> be a sky burial. Right. Um, like you should have all your rings on. You should be yeah. buried somewhere in a public. Yeah. Yeah. Does it does the treasure trove um, hold for grave robbing? Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, right? Like, uh, sure. If you find the body, who's going to claim it? It's yeah. obviously the body's dead. It's it can't claim all the stuff that it was wearing. Yeah. Call up the coroner. Call up the coroner. Okay. Um, All right. right. Final four. In the semifinals, representing the Northern Conference, (laughs) steroidal antiandrogen. And representing the Michigan region, Edsel Ford. Sad little Edsel Ford. Edsel Ford would be a good name for like a an emo band today. I was just thinking it really sounds like a band name. And it would be the kind of thing where like everyone assumes it's one guy named Edsel Ford, but they're actually a band. Um, Yeah, 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 yeah. I really like that. Um, They would do like simple plan kind of songs. Yeah. I'm just a kid and And my dad is Henry Ford. (laughs) I I I can kinda I'm getting into the idea of Edsel Ford the band. (laughs) Yeah. Um and does that does that uh does that help it against uh, steroidal antiandrogen? Mm. I can't believe antiandrogen yeah, has the same has like anti an in it. I, I like <laughs> just kind of heard that. <laughs> Have you ever considered using anti ans as hormone replacement <laughs> therapy? Um, yeah. So, w- what are your thoughts here? Look, I I'm guessing. That there's non-steroidal antiandrogens that can be used for the same true. purposes as steroidal true. antiandrogens. True, <laughs> true, true. Um, yeah, let's see. Non non-steroidal antiandrogens can be used to treat prostate cancer, androgen-dependent skin and hair conditions, hyperandrogenism, precocious puberty as a component of hormone therapy for transgendered women. Okay. Uh, yeah, you can absolutely use non-steroidal antiandrogens. Okay. You can't use non-steroidal Edsel Ford. You can't. Um, There's only one sad little Edsel Ford. Yeah, I think, you know, we, we often will get carried away on a sad little boy here, and I think this is no exception. I'm Also, I have a I have a big one to hit you with now. Oh. This actually might change the whole thing. Oh. Edsel Ford died of cancer. Steroid antiandrogen treats cancer. True. Do you True. think it could, could it have, have saved, saved our boy? <laughs> It doesn't treat the kind of cancer he had, (laughs) not in the least. But I mean, you could have tried. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean that that is kind of a good point. I feel like I feel like this is a going back to an earlier point that like the steroidal antiandrogen ju- does just have like a greater good impact. Whereas like Edsel Ford, I mean he was a big oh yeah he was just like a big old capitalist car yeah. Um, so I I we might be I might be tipping back towards uh, steroidal antiandrogen antiandrogen. Yeah. Sarah, and you've you've added oh, something to it for me. That would be a good name for like a drag queen. <laughs> some some there's like a drag queen name in there somewhere. Uh, definitely anti-androgen, yeah. like anti-androgen. An- yeah, anti-androgen. Androgen. That's how they say it in France. I recently like blew my friend's mind by pointing <laughs> okay. out that like 
Because she says, she said, like, I could have sworn she said, like, Auntie Anne. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, you you can't, like, why would it be that? Are you fucking joking? <laughs> like, why would it be that? It's, an- if it ri- like, it rhymes if it's Auntie Anne. Well, I even had the, the click on Edsel Ford there, but I, you know what? I think I Auntie Androgens are going to win. I know. Auntie Anne beats Edsel Ford. Yeah. All right. Amir Khan versus treasure trove i'm honestly impressed that amir khan's gotten this far i i didn't think i was gonna be able to sway you for this long so i'm I'm, i don't know if i can keep it up i'm trying to like come up with something new about him that that would keep him going i'm looking for a good like uh like anecdote of a treasure trove in this wikipedia article Mm, here's a picture of amir khan sitting with hillary clinton in 2009 okay interesting (laughs) He's definitely, he's, uh, seems like he's got his politics in the right place. As far as I can tell, I'm not reading anything. I'm trying to read about the Roman law of, Mm. uh, treasure troves to see if they had a different way of handling it. Under the emperors, if treasure was found on a person's own land or on sacred religious land, the finder was entitled to keep it. However, if the treasure was found fortuitously and not by deliberate search on another person's land, half went to the finder and half went to the owner of the land. Oh, that's complicated. Um, And if it was public land, the owner of the land was the emperor, so it went to the public treasury, so it became a public good. Okay, I've got, okay, here's here's all I've really got on, um, on, on Amir Khan here. Let me, hold on, let me see one thing. Yeah, okay. Um, so the the only other two films of his that I've seen, I've seen one called Lagan, which is about cricket and it's about like um it's about like a, a little village. I've heard of that one. Yeah, I feel like you would actually like it and I and it, for the reasons that I don't know. I think I, Doc really tried to get me to watch ooh, that in uh, that checks out in world history class. Um it, yeah, it's about like um a a British like colonial little band of people i don't know like come in to the and like take up residency in this little uh village and they um i guess like they it's something about like the people in the village like end up making a bet over like playing a cricket game with these colonialists you're telling me this was 1893 cricket you're telling me an 1893 cricket movie beat an 1893 baseball player (laughs) yeah yeah lagan has some uh good music but i like wouldn't want to watch it again because i remember being kind of boring because there's a lot of cricket but um Mm, i would say it's kind of boring because there's a lot of music (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i think you might actually like this one karina Oh no! This is and then the other big movie of his was Three Idiots, which one, one was one of like the highest grossing um, Bollywood movies of all time for a while. Might not still be, but it is was that a like a very, Mr. Very Bean big one. No, um, I I think I've only seen like half of this. It's like a three university students like a girl kind of thing. I don't even know. Okay, gotcha. That might it might be not just about that. Was he but... one of the university students? Mm-hmm. This was made in two thousand nine. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> he was 44. <laughs> wait. Is this real? Hang on. I mean, wait. I, I also thought this was earlier than this. Oh, I guess it takes place over like 10 years. So maybe like okay. par- they're in university and like part of it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about this. 
There's a, I this mean, is, like, like, swaying me against it. But he was in his 40s, still getting roles that, like, you know, younger, up-and-coming actors should be getting. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of, like, I feel like in the mid-2000s, like, there's always, like, two or three big names in Bollywood, and they get everything. All right, here we go. Uh, treasure trove in Roman law as told by the Gospel of Matthew. Oh! Uh, in the parable of the hidden treasure... Jesus of Nazareth uh, is to- tells the crowd surrounding him and his disciples that uh, a parable of a treasure trove hidden in a field in an o- in open country that anyone could have conceivably discovered. Um, it is assumed that the present owner had no memory or knowledge. The owner of the field had no memory or knowledge of the treasure. The finder of the treasure conceals his discovery until he could raise the money to purchase the land. Selling all he had, the finder purchased the land and unearthed the treasure, which he is now entitled to both as the finder and the landowner, so he doesn't have to share it with anyone. Oh, shit. Jesus compared the kingdom of heaven to the treasure, being of greater value to all persons, being greater, being of greater value than all a person's earthly wealth and wise investments, and that not everyone understands this at first. (laughs) <laughs> okay i um, thought this was gonna be like fuck this capitalist he got his like comeuppance yeah. for hiding this treasure trove no what the heck like this is saying you should steal heaven Jesus? from other people who like so you don't have to share it um so i you know i we've we've uh we've unearthed some uh some conflicting information here on all sides um i still honestly i'm kind of i i feel like Treasure Trove has a much, you know, it's it, a broader interest. It's it's just it's I think it it has that, you know, it has yeah. that whimsy that that uh it's fun. is broader it's than like, a it's person. It's sort of thing. Yeah. From uh from medieval German law, everything lying deeper in the ground than the range of a plowshare belongs to the king. Okay. <laughs> they don't have treasure troves in Germany. <laughs> They're not fucking around with whimsy. Uh yeah. I'll get, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to put Treasure Trove on through. All right. Uh, Treasure Trove was actually uh, the lowest ranked uh, thing that made it through. So it's the wow. number 14, uh, number 14 seed in the bracket up mm. against number eight, steroidal anti-androgen in the finals. Look at that, you know. Treasure Trove versus steroidal anti-androgen. Sometimes the big boys don't win. because the big boys don't get testosterone because of steroidal anti-androgens uh so this is this is interesting i i feel like i've kind of really um i feel like i've really come around on the idea of treasure troves it's a lot more fun where it like like treasure troves is just for fun whereas steroidal anti-androgens is is good does you know does yeah like good. deep down treasure trove has the same problem that edsel ford had that it's yeah. about people getting rich yeah yeah um, and it's about yeah. that weird parable i just told that's like <laughs> yeah if you find a treasure trove hide it and then steal the house that you found it on that way you don't have to share it with anyone <laughs> very that weird the romans had the right idea that a lot yeah. of treasure troves should just be like you found it by luck so everyone shares it it now right. belongs to the public good yeah and we got rid of that two thousand years ago uh so fuck that fuck treasure troves finders keepers bad law uh blocking testosterone if you don't want testosterone or uh are being harmed by it good good stuff good stuff 
more of trans that. Trans rights. Trans rights, steroidal anti-androgen wins March Madness this year. Boom, 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 This magic moment. I feel like someone who is actually, who actually like knows how to do music needs to make like a real mashup of that for us. Yeah, for sure. That we can use once a year for this very purpose. So steroid anti-androgens knocked off some big players here from 2013-14 Creighton Bulldogs, uh, Blue Jays even. <laughs> Blue dogs. A valet de Javari to yeah. Edsel Ford to the treasure trove. Yeah. I feel like I learned a lot today. I feel like I learned about a lot of new things I didn't know about before. Yeah. I feel like that was what I sort of hoped would happen here that yeah. we would both get to like experience a bunch of like different topics. I think yeah, that's the beauty good. of the random button on Wikipedia. And it was like we just hit it 16 times. Exactly. It was great. Well, that's that's uh, this magic moment. This magic moment. What is the actual thing? Where like the 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 actual basketball thing that one I thought one shining moment. One shining moment. Got it. Okay. So, um that is that's that's our that's the toy for it. You know, usually we do March Madness over a couple of weeks, I think, or at least we did last year. Um I guess this is just a I think we did a 64 item bracket oh, last good year God. too. Yeah. Oh, that's right. We had Mario on for part of it. Um, yeah, that, uh, that, uh, it's, it's one and done this year. Look, yeah, it's COVID less, less bracket items got into the tournament this year, less qualified, just they didn't play enough games. Yeah. Yeah. If you have any opinions other than, uh, that steroidal anti-androgen should have won because that Mm. is not up for discussion. No. Um, yeah, you can contact us and that could be done by email at robots at backcamp.org or you could tweet at us at robot typewriter on Twitter. And we have a theme song and it is called Video Challenge by Anamanaguchi. And uh, we, yeah, we have another song and it's called uh, Jock Jams followed by this magic moment. And unfortunately, because of when we started the podcast, we missed out on the latest bracket meme spot. Ooh. But what we would have had had we... Uh, had we started just a few minutes later, was special operations executive operations. Oh. And some of the operate, I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> some of the operations here include Operation Cheese, Ooh. Mission Greenwood Rutham, Operation Postmaster, Operation Sunshine, Ooh. Operation Fungus. These all sound incredibly intriguing. What Shetland is- I ca- Bus. I gotta know what Operation Cheese was. Operation Most the Third. Operation Cheese was an intelligence operation carried out in Norway during World War II. Norway getting another entry. <laughs> Norway, another mention. Um, it was a radio thing. Like it was a radio station. thing. Honestly, kind of sounds like it. Operation Cheese. That's what started number stations. It goes all the way to the top. Yeah.